From the Mount Smart faithful to the bandwagon supporters and everyone in between, we share a special bond. The Warriors. And who better to talk about the team we love than a bunch of nobodies? Let's go, because this is Warriors Anonymous. All right, welcome back to Warriors Anonymous, week three of the season. Hey, things are looking just a little bit better this week, somewhat. In some senses, better. In some senses, you might argue slightly worse. But anyways, <laughs> uh, let's get into it tonight because we've got, uh, it's multicultural round in the NRL and what a round it was. There were some cracking games. Um, so we'll do our multicultural intros tonight. My name is Jared Cronin. Fakalofa uh, lahayatu. I'm Pat Nguyen. So um, yeah, welcome along to the show. We've also got the panel of nobodies. We've got Isaac Sus. So stay boys. That's uh, Cambodian for hello. Wahoo. We won. <laughs> Please, please just try and limit your excitement there. We've also got Monita Sauce. So today, everybody, um, that means shit. What a game that was. <laughs> In Cambodian. In Cambodian, yes. Yeah, we need to do some swear words. I need to learn yeah. some UN swear words. Oh, I can <laughs> chuck that in there easy. <laughs> I was just trying to be polite with the Cambo, but okay. We might boost our listenership over in uh, Cambodia. We've also got uh, Daniel Fadakura. Hey, right. Uh, kia ora whanau, uh, no mai, haere mai, welcome back. We are off the bottom. We are <laughs> off the bottom of the log and I feel like we I feel dirty about it actually, to be honest. You sound like Adam Blair after the uh, game. Uh, um, <laughs> wasn't our best one, um, but win's a win. <laughs> He's got like the he's got the angel and the devil on his shoulders. The angel's just going, be polite, and the devil's just saying, "Oh, just tell him to get fuck the Warriors. Just tell him they played shit." Ah! It was just like that. You can see he was just trying to contain himself so hard. Like wins a win, wins a win. That's right. Two, my God, first two points was, in the bank yeah. for the season, and uh, you know, that, I guess that it, it's it's starting to feel better. I guess I'm forgetting more about the you know the way we did it, but. Just remembering the two points more and more, so that's good. Also, more positives from the week uh, that we've just had. Uh, we've had a uh, obviously with New Zealand um, changing its border rules. We've now got a firm date as to when the Warriors will play their first home game back at Mount Ooh, Smart yeah. Stadium, third of July, cool. against the Tigers. Yeah. And what a oh. spectacle of a match that will be! Sensation. <laughs> Give us the two points now. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be uh, of of better quality than uh, than what was thrown up on uh, on Friday night. So, um, you boys, you always be looking, uh, you know, pretty good odds to uh, head up to Auckland. Do you reckon? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I will. I'm gonna wrangle it. Yeah, yeah. And there's um, there's some chat going on. And it's a potentially a little cheeky little fortieth trip away to go watch the boys as well since uh, hit that milestone. So. Um, yeah, kind of got at least at least one of the four fixtures they have for the season. Oh, that will be four. heaving oh. that match. I reckon that's going to be yeah. that will be stacked. Um, so ex- exciting stuff. Um, in terms of not quite so positives, uh, during the week we learnt about you and Aitken going to be mm. departing the club early. So, um, uh, does anyone have the the exact details of of what's happening with that? Is he he's finishing up at the end of this season? Is that correct? Apparently end of the season. So. Yeah. End of yeah. Okay. So he'll see out twenty twenty two, and 
Jeez, I hope he stays as long as possible because I really love him as a player. Well, this is rugby league um, <laughs> and they say that, but there's every chance that changes. Uh, Courtney's got no club to go to, so um, the chat on our um, our site, our page and, and various pages is that that's potentially a positive. He's got to play for a contract. Um, but, uh, yeah, and obviously they're in Redcliffe, so that could be a nice little easy yeah. switch over for him too. But um, but yeah, it's somewhat disappointing. But I think we will t- we discussed it. There's a yeah a chance with the these Aussie based guys that haven't even been to Auckland. Um, some of them don't even know if there's beaches in Auckland. Um, yeah, whether they actually come over and live and play in, in New Zealand. So a bit of a risk. Eh? Some of them haven't quite felt that uh, that cold Auckland rain on the back of their neck as they're running out of the out of the tunnel. Um, but yeah, interesting. I guess it's interesting that move um, with you and Aitken heading out because I guess it, it sort of becomes a bit of a, a potential problem with us moving back to New Zealand. That's awesome. But what sort of other players do you think, like Isaac, do you think mm. that there'll be um, potential for other Aussie based guys who may decide, look, I'm not quite so keen for like $3 per litre for uh, petrol. <laughs> well, we discussed this before on the chat too. The worry is, is that um, the likes of Curran don't want to come over to New Zealand and with him playing the way he is and getting his dollars up, he's primed to, you know, get attraction from other teams. I know he has signed a, a longer term contract, which is great, but um, is the attraction of playing in New Zealand uh, going to put him off slightly from wanting to come over. Matt Lodge is another example as well. Um, I think there's murmurings of him going to the Dolphins because um, is it his uh, father-in-law? Mm. Or fa- fa- father-in-law is um, you know involved with that. And his granddad, Wayne so, Bennett. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> his, uh, his, his godfather, um, you know. So there's the, there's the worry that a lot of these like, quality players might disappear off the roster next year, but um, that's just the nature of the business. Um, and maybe we've got to look at homegrown talent. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good call actually about Wayne Bennett being the, the godfather. He's, he's, the he is the godfather of the NRL really, isn't he? Uh, mm. uh, also, um, on our previous show, we had a, a very uh, exciting interview with the one and only Stephen McIver. Uh, how much fun was that? That was that was. Uh, you know, I, I guess a little bit unexpected in terms of how much he cut loose. Cold blood. <laughs> oh, that brother was cold blood. <laughs> it was really. I'm Steve McCabe, bitch. It was really yeah. cool to get the, get the old uncut version of uh, of, of old Stevens. So, uh, so that was really cool. Uh, and coming up um, in this show uh, this week, we've got uh, Kirsty Stanway from uh, Sky Sports and also uh, SENZ. So, so that'll be awesome as well. But. Um, let's rock into the game, guys, because I know you're all bursting to talk about it. Stunning victory on Friday night uh, against the Tigers, uh, 16 to 12, I think it was. I was actually starting to, it was one of those games where you start feeling a little bit numb as the game wears on. You kind of just sort of lose a little bit of um, interest, I guess. You keep kind of watching, but it's kind of on autopilot. Did you guys have that song? Oh, hello, darkness, my old friend. And you just, <laughs> the sound drops and you just think, oh, we're just heading for another loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we didn't. Yeah, we didn't. It's, it was crazy. In fact, on the uh, talking points of our, uh, our notes for this episode, our first point is we won. <laughs> and then the second point is also we won. So 
you know, I think it's, I think we can talk ourselves into this, into feeling positive about it because it is good to get off the bottom of the table, good to get off the old goose egg. But um, uh, our goal line defense, I suppose, was a, a real positive for us to kind of, you know, sort of hang our hat on and that sort of effort, especially when we were down to 12 men. Um, was that, uh, was that you, Daniel, you put that in the notes? Yeah, I chucked that down. Um, there's a few more positives, obviously, but um, there was a lot of, a lot of messy play. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, Montoya, I mean, probably made the the best strategic sin binning of a player ever. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. But I guess we backed our D in the goal line. Um, it was helped by the Tigers' inability to formulate a, a scoring play and to hold a ball in that good ball area as well. So 50-50 good defence, 50-50 shit handling and decision-making. Mm. But... Hey, we need backs to the wall against 12, 12 men, you know, uh, with 12 men. Yeah, awesome. Take it. That Montoya tackle, normally I'm saying to, you know, yelling at the players, get off him, get off him. For that tackle, Monty, I was like, stay on him. Stay on him. <laughs> Just yeah. lie on him. <laughs> Never let him go. <laughs> Never let him go, Jack. Anyways, um, we had a few uh, a few good performers out there. I thought um, young Reese Walsh played very well um, and, you know, just improved on what he had done last week. Uh, probably just... Had, you know, got rid of those first match sort of jitters. But um, Moneta, what did you think of, of his performance? It was good. Energy. Goal kicking was amazing. I thought um, that new technique he has, I don't mm. know if it was new. Yeah. But um, I, I was laughing at the person behind him. His uncle. I think it was, yeah, someone was mimicking him. Oh, David Kidwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah David Kidwell. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, you know, he, he had a great game. And uh, there were some classic commentator calls from uh, Warren Smith when he uh, stepped oh. on the Lego. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like lose. I lost it when he said about um, someone trying to kick out like a Russian Cossack. No, no my favourite is Nathan Brown buys Molanta by a truckload. Uh, yeah. oh, and then he said, Madge has got the same deal. Yeah. But um, sorry, back to the point. Yeah, he had a great game. And, uh, you know, he, he, I still think he could be there a bit more in support, especially with AFB and Curran. And um, this because those two are still breaking the line and looking for like so he's still got a bit to develop in his game but the, the coaches have said that and and so forth and his his defense was good even though he got bowled over by um who was it i can't remember oh that was james tamo yeah um, james yeah that's hard james, to stop him the line but yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't his fault really i mean it was big guy against yeah. small guy yeah and uh, but yeah he, he played good that that effort you know to to got turned inside out by gildart Mm. And then stay turned back on him, and then took the winger out. Yeah, that was that was Billy uh, Slater esque. <laughs> it was indeed him and uh, you and Aiken. I thought were pretty good. You and Aiken is just rock solid out on the left edge, mm. um, regardless of it, if it's second row or, or centre. I just yeah, I really rate him. Eh? Uh, also great to see uh, we mentioned about our boy Monty Mathelo Montoya. Um, you know, bouncing back. Uh, I, I was defending him last week anyway. Um, but you know, obviously, the public opinion was uh, was was vastly against him. Uh, so it's good to see this week that everyone's back on board on the uh, on the Monty train. So, um, Isaac, who did you like um, from our team? Uh, yeah, I'd say Monty as well. You know, for the game that he had last week, it takes a lot of character to bounce back, and you could see he was putting in an effort. He was giving it a hundred percent. He was really trying to um, turn uh, last week's performance around and redeem himself, and I definitely think he did that. I'm still quite impressed um, 
by Jazz Tavanga's level head. I haven't seen him lose his rag or do anything, uh, you know, as stupid. No, as stupid is the word. Stupid's not the right word. Let me be polite here. As, um, no, let's just say stupid. As last year, <laughs> <laughs> when he would have those little brain explosions, they seem to have disappeared from his game. But I also wonder if that might have taken away a little bit of his um, his point of difference, so mm. to speak, as well. But I thought he's 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 going right too. And then you and Aitken, solid as always, Reese Walsh. Um, he's just a superstar. He's just got growing pains uh, as a, a kid that like that will have. But um, yeah, they're probably my players of the uh, of the game. You have um, described uh, Reese Walsh's goal kicking style as uh, Jackson Five esque, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think I think we need to, I think we need to delve into that a little bit more because it is it is probably one of the most fun kicking styles I think in the in the whole game at the moment. What do you reckon? Oh yeah, here comes the hot stepper. <laughs> Here come the hot stepper. He gonna kick the goal. It's almost like yeah. a, it's almost like a thunderclap almost for the the old usher. Anyway, yeah. it's a little bit of tango going. There's not a, it's not a hip, hey. There's a lot of hip going it's on. All it's all in the hips. It's all in the hips. Just these pictures, baby. Now you just, Jared, that, that one song, the Usher, he just looks in the mirror and the mirror just collapses. I'm oh, just shatters, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hot Hot boy. <laughs> Showing oh, age. No, that's fair. That's fair. I don't even think Reese Walsh was born when that song was out. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know. Anyway, so let's move. Actually, before we move to the negative side of the coin, uh, let's do a quick say my name, say my name. Uh, it's to do uh, with one of the guys who we've brought over this year and has actually been going really well in sort of the limited minutes we've been giving him. However, the commentators have been saying his name is Aaron Penne, and that's just a little bit off. Um, so, uh, technically speaking, his name's uh, Māori, um, so uh, its its correct pronunciation is Aaron Pene. So the pe and the ne sound exactly the same. They have the same vowel sounds, rather than the other interpretation where people say pe and then they say ne, and it's like that doesn't make sense. So, uh, boys, nice and easy for you. Let's go around the room. Aaron Pene. Aaron Pene. Aaron Pene. 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 Aaron Pene. Yeah, good. Pene. And um, yeah, it was uh, it was a famous name actually. Former All Black, I remember Aaron Penny as well. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think he's been been doing pretty well. But this segues us to some of the negative things that have been going on because he's been on the bench, <laughs> and I have not been happy for a number of seasons, uh, but especially recently about our use. Wait, 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 wait! I got to interrupt your section. The bench report. <laughs> bench warmers. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a look at the bench scale for this week. And um, what, what was what's the <laughs> other, the, the top end, the, the hot? If it's, Scoggles. Uh, like Ghost, uh, yeah, the Carolina Reapers. Carolina Reaper is, is the top end of the scale. And then the old um, Stephen McIver, cold-blooded, is, uh, is, is the, <laughs> is the other end. Is. And I think we're actually heading towards more of the colder side. So we're not quite cold-blooded, but um, but I don't think we're very warm at the moment with, with how we're using our bench. Um Aaron Penny, I think he may have picked up a bit of an injury as well during the game, which pissed me off because it was like, well, A, we hadn't been using him in the lead up to that. And then B, when he was injured, we left him out there. And I'm like, guys, this is not how the bench should work. Um, but what are your guys' thoughts? Um, we'll go to you, Daniel. What are your thoughts on that, bro? Yeah, I think obviously he had a stinger maybe. Um, obviously the Kato had to come off, couldn't see out of his eye. So that brought 
Bailey in for a bit as well, which I think he must have moved in. Did he go into the edge? He must have gone to the edge. What did he play in the halves mm. for a bit too, didn't he? Uh, well, he had to because CHT. Yeah, he uh, rolled the dice and got snake eyes. Hey, <laughs> the bro. Um, but hey, look, you got to try these things out as well, don't you? Um, he looked like he'd been bitten by a snake in his eye. My God, didn't didn't look great. No. So yeah, there. Uh, so yeah, I guess it's still not as efficient as effective as we've been asking for, is it, boys? So, mm. uh, well, clearly someone's been barking for it week in, week out. Yeah. <laughs> there needs to be an investigation. Um, but yeah, not 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 the sharpest use this week. Yeah. Uh, Moneta, what did you think about our halves? Because I felt like uh, our, our shape and attack just was nowhere near what it was the previous week. Yeah. We, we weren't going anywhere, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I'd even say that Cody had an okay game, not outstanding. Um CHT, I felt a bit sorry for him after last yeah. week where he put in a stellar performance. I still thinking, I still think his kicking game is an asset. Um, yep. When you compare it to Cody's kicking, yeah. And the, but you know with that one kick, where I thought, oh, by Cody, oh, this is a shit kick. Oh, it's got us a try. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't really the quality of the kick, right? It was nah. the quality of the leap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just like, oh. but um, yeah, I, I do still see CHT being the kind of permanent option to partner Sean Johnson but yeah we look flat like we literally look really flat in the tack this is what this little point I've been I've been trying to rally some uh, interest for is that ball playing 13 because I get a sense that we just we get out to the halves and we're on one side the other side and then it's kind of the halves are getting it as first receiver and obviously got resource wrapping around but I think we just need to be a little bit what one wider and draw some commits and defenders in as well mm. and I, I think we're just going lateral rather than uh, and it's easy picking I just don't see any like uh, I'm always saying like Steve McIver but um, just don't see any kind of uh, it's really basic structure like it's just there's no creativity in our play I just can't see it happening mm. and it just we just look so slow but week one we looked alright you know week one we looked better mm. with that shape I think it's just, it is not, you know, when you've got your champion playmaker, your, your, your playmaker that has the ability to put people under, put people in holes as well. Yeah, but but my point is, like, we just look slow. Like, that being, we just look, like, you, you watch the, um, you know, game against, was it Melbourne Parramatta, the, the pace that they're kind oh. of running at, and then mm-hmm. the depth that we're not having in terms of running onto the ball. It, I'll be honest with you, I was just like, fuck, we look slow. Mm. We're reserve grade. Yeah. Bartercat Cup. New South Wales. Yeah. Yeah. Bartercat. Even better. Um, (laughs) Kiwi lead. (laughs) All right, fellas. uh, Let's, before we head off to our halftime break, let's jump into the expense account for this week. Isaac. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
something to chew, some fat to chew on. Yeah, good. But, I'm uh, hope, hoping that the Broncos feel a bit down after their most recent performance as well. That would be nice if they just don't recover from that, uh, you know, by next Saturday afternoon. That would be nice. Be good if they can get on a nice little losing streak after losing <laughs> to the Cowboys tonight. Oh, but oh, as we've seen in the past, if your um, teams are uh, they wanted to play themselves into form, they play the Warriors. <laughs> I mean, look, the Tigers played themselves into form; they just didn't get the win. <laughs> but they played a lot better than they have all season. We gave them every chance, uh, anyways. I'm uh, just, uh, I'm just remembering the the Manly game last year when they lost four in the trot, and they're just, like, I was like, just wait. Yeah, you guys, they'll fair. beat the Warriors and they'll go on a tear, and it's exactly what happened. So there is my concern. Well, speaking of waiting, uh, the waiting is nearly over because we're going to be coming back in just a moment with one of the, well, one of the premier broadcasters in New Zealand media. We're going to be talking to Kirsty Stanway from Sky TV and also SENZ. So that's very exciting. Uh, we're going to catch up with her in just a couple of moments right here on Warriors Anonymous. Peace. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Oscars Anonymous. Uh, Warriors Anonymous, that is. But we've got some hard-hitting stuff coming at you, people. This is some uh, some exciting stuff right here. We've got an interview lined up. We've had some pretty awesome guests so far on the show, and we're keeping the role going tonight. We've got Kirsty Stanway from Sky Sport and SENZ. Welcome along to Warriors Anonymous, Kirsty. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I feel like a little bit honoured to be here after hearing your previous guests. So I'm like... Gee, what can I offer? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, honestly, like, uh, I think, you know, this uh, at one point last year, we were the 135th ranked podcast in New Zealand. That'd be worse. Uh, for, <laughs> so, uh, so that's actually, uh, you know, I, th- I think now that you've you've done Sky, you've done SENZ, and now you've done this podcast, so, you know, you've really made it now. So, uh, so no, welcome along. Thank you for your time. We know you're, uh, you're real busy. First question for you is, you're known as being the face of, you know, Sky TV's rugby coverage, but you're also a big Warriors fan. So yeah. how did you start supporting this great team that we call the Warriors? Oh, the best team, right? It's our year this year. Uh, so what everyone says when they come on. <laughs> but actually, um, I grew up in a rugby mad household, like most Kiwis, I'd probably say. Um, my dad was a massive Auckland Blues man, um, obviously followed the All Blacks. So we didn't really watch rugby league growing up in our household because dad wasn't that into it. But when I went to university in Auckland, that's when I started getting on board with league. Um, like when I was getting towards the end of high school, some of my friends started playing league on Sundays, you know, at the club. So that was sort of my first taste into it. And then when I went to uni in Auckland, I actually did a Bachelor of Sport and Rec at AUT and I was in the same class as a lot of the junior warriors um, from 20, 2011. So that obviously been so mm. successful throughout that period before because like the Ben Madalinos, the Sean Johnsons, the Kevin Locks, that all come through those grades and they've already won a couple of titles. Um, and then the ones that were in that current team were in the Sport and Recreational degree because that was part of the under-20s program was they had to oh. study um, to also oh, nice. play full-time, right. which was really cool. Um, so super small world in um, the sport and rec team. You know, we were in uh, big lecture theatres of 300 people and then we were split off into 30-man um, um, workshop groups. And within those workshop groups, like, everyone becomes really close, sort of like a family. And so um, the Conrad Harrells, Omar Slimankles, um, Carlos Tumavaves, they were all in the classrooms 
all messing around, all not not there for work at all, oh. but they just love sport, right? So that's why they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll go do that degree, even though they knew they would never finish it. But, no, they were hard case. And so they were like, come along to some of our games, you know, like the, the crew that were at university would go along to the games and support the under-20s, and then obviously would stay on for the main games as well. So that was literally how my Sundays my, for my first two years of university were spent was going out to Mount Smith Stadium, catching the train like everyone else, getting off, walking to the ground and just going hard, going nuts as a massive fan with all the gears, the flags on Sunday afternoons. And it was the best. It's like such good memories of those times. I love it. So that was my first taste of it. And that's when I first became interested. And then I went over to the grand final that year um, when we had all three teams oh. in, which was yep. unreal, way. Oh. Eh? That was, that was awesome. like obviously not great results for um, all three of them, but the, just being over there was amazing. With and the stadium full of Kiwis, like I'll never forget what 80,000 and most of them were Warrior supporters, not Sea Eagles fans that day. And from like eleven in the morning, like you'd just get off the trains in Sydney and you walk. We we're walking into the ground and like Tana Umang was behind us and like everyone was there, you know, because everyone gets on those Warriors train and I know that like we call it a train and the bandwagon like sometimes yeah the bandwagon and it, sometimes it's hard to support them but like people actually love this team because it is our only team in New Zealand so you know we genuinely love this team and we get on board with them so it was just like that was the most unreal experience and I I loved it so much and I fell in love with the league that year I was like we used to watch every game. We used to go into um, like the TV room at the halls and watch it all. And I, I was like, man, this is so good. I, what have I been missing? You know, <laughs> like the entertainment factor was through the roof. Um, and that's not like to say rugby's crap or anything, but it was just so exciting to watch. Everything that we watched, every game was a good game. And that was my first year oh, and wow. I'm into it ever since. Wow. Yeah. What a start. That's a that's a hell of an intro to rugby league. And you meet Conrad Harrell. <laughs> we need to actually probably try and get oh, you and to get so Conrad funny. on here. Honestly, the, they were such idiots. They used to like, even in the big lecture theatres of like 300 people with one teacher at the front, they're all screwing up pieces of paper, writing notes to each other, chucking it at someone's head. Oh. Just dumb stuff like that. Like they were just there and Isaac, to mess around. I know around, you got some stories nah, too, was, right, Conrad? Yeah. yeah, we actually met Conrad one time. Uh, it, was, it was quite an awkward setup. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, it was, it was very this awkward. Yeah. This is the one on the side of the road, is it? Oh, no, no. I wasn't no. sitting in the back I'm seat, okay? No, this is something completely different. Jesus. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter there, Kirsty. Jeez. <laughs> I thought it was the front seat. <laughs> it was one of my old, um, my old flats, and Isaac was up staying in Auckland for the week. And during that week, had massive problems with a flatmate and it got so bad that I gave her the red card. I said, look, you got to go. This is this is not a happening thing. You need to get out of here. Uh, so anyways, a couple of days later, uh, we're watching the league Friday night. Me and Isaac sitting there and all of a sudden the flatmate comes out of nowhere and starts cooking a meal. And we're like, all right, all good. And then knock, knock at the door. We look up. Oh, and she goes, oh, no. oh my mate Conrad. And we my were like, mate. <laughs> Yeah, and me and Isaac were sitting there. I just looked at Isaac's yeah. face. His like, jaw just like hit the ground like, oh, Conrad. What <laughs> I couldn't help it. We were watching the paramedic game, and I'm just like, there's Conrad Harrell with my master like, did you do this? <laughs> yeah. Did you blow the kiss? I mean. <laughs> he paparazzi him. Yeah. <laughs> he did full paparazzi. <laughs> didn't even get him to look at the camera. He just went. <laughs> 
So he's in your house and you're taking sneaky photos of him and he's there with your flatmate. Yeah, Ooh. and it's awkward as hell because yeah, he's actually booted out. I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, on that, so on that talk about, you know, uh, particular Warriors players, who was your favourite uh, Warriors players? Honestly, I've been thinking about this all day and I'm like, can I pinpoint a single Warrior? Everyone asks, like, who's your favourite player? It's so it's the most difficult question. So top five, top five. Well, I've got a couple that, like, for me I want to highlight. After going uh, and being, like, a fan for a couple of years of, um, of the NRL, I went to a couple of grand finals, um, went to games over in Australia, and then mm-hmm. when I moved to TV3, I was I became the rugby league reporter after Sam Ackerman, so I spent two years going out to the Warriors on Tuesdays or Wednesdays every single week, talking to the players, talking to the coaches, and I never ever ever had a bad experience with Simon Mannering. You know, mm. like not only is he a legend of the club, but he's just mm. the good guy, he's just the Mister Nice Guy, Mister Warrior. Like he is the Warriors. So for what he did on the field, but also how he acted and, um, like, the manner and respect that he had and showed, and he was so humble, he's definitely got to be up there. Um, and the next one's probably a bit controversial. I don't know if anyone would, would say he's your favourite player because he's the player that everyone um, hates on all the time. But, like, I... Kane Evans, is it? Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I think but, I know what you're saying. I think I know, but I'm not going to say it, but I think I know. Take yes. No. Jasper Vanger. People like him. No. Oh, no. Who, doesn't lo- who doesn't love Jasper Vanger? People get a bit annoyed about <laughs> no. this. No, I, we love him. He is he's a, so lovable. He's a Warriors Anonymous Nah, this is, legend. this is, okay. I, I'm oh. actually a bit nervous to say this because I'm like, am I going to be judged okay. here? Okay, who could nah, it be then? Okay. I think but I know where you're going. 2011 grand final, it was his breakout year in the NRL and Everyone climbs into him because he always puts the Warriors on his back. But, yeah, Sean Johnson. Because, like, that year, he was freak. He was unbelievable. And, like, we used to sit there at uni and literally just watch his touch, like, CV videos on YouTube and just watch him, like, carving through this field as, like, a 16-year-old, like, the next Benji Marshall. Like, the skill set that that guy has. And I know that people are like, nah, he hasn't lived up to the hype or, you know, he can't handle it when the pressure oh, comes yeah, on. But he's, he's the man. He's the man. Mm. He's Chris, the man. Chris, and- yeah, you clearly didn't listen to our season last year. We <laughs> we actually pretty no, much we, we, we pretty much got the deal done. Uh, we were talking to Matt Butch last week, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I, I heard we that. We campaigned hard. I heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like may have He'll be back soon. Eh? He'll be back soon. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. No, he's a, he's definitely a Warriors anonymous fan favorite. Well, thank you Legend. for bringing him back. Yeah. I didn't realize it was you guys that got the podcast. deal done. If you talk to Sean, he probably doesn't recognize that because we don't really know him. I'll ask him. <laughs> yeah, don't ask him. He'll just deny it. But <laughs> and plus, my dad uh, loves him because he's like half Asian, and so you know, one of you half Asian boys yeah. who's yeah. playing. That guy, he Asian, yeah. like us, you know, whatever. So. Nah, he's, he's awesome, eh? He's awesome. And so I hope that this homecoming yeah. brings some really good sure things. So um, what I was keen to know is that you got the chance to go to the 2021 Olympics Ooh. in Tokyo. Which I'm really confused about it because obviously the Olympics was meant to be 2020, but they call it 2021. I don't know. It's oh, weird, eh? It's weird. I still don't get it. But, um, yeah, my calculations for the next one. Anyway, what was it like attending? Because um, Mr. McIver, Stephen McIver, labelled it as the, well, the Everest, the Mount Everest for sports broadcasters. So what was it like um, going to the Olympics? And, and was it weird without crowds? It was so weird. Like, 
When people ask me this, I, I genuinely don't know what to say because you want to sound grateful that you were there. And I am. Like, my dream from when I was a little kid was to go to the Olympics. And, like, when you're a kid, you're like, I want to be there, you know. Like, I want to be running in that 100-meter race or whatever. And then you grow up and I was like, if I got to go and, like, take my dad to the Olympics or watch, that would be amazing. So getting to work there was, like, that was dreams come true for me. But it wasn't the experience that I was expecting at all. Yeah. Like. I had done the Commonwealth Games um, in the Gold Coast in 2018, and that was so much fun. Um, like, I'll never forget those moments. We had such a tight-knit team. We worked really hard. So we worked, like, 12 to 16-hour days. But then at nighttime, once the late news had gone to air, everyone would go out for dinner together and go and have a few drinks and just, like, let go. And then you'd know you'd work hard and do it again the next day. So, like, we had the most amazing team. But we couldn't do that in Tokyo. Mm. Like, you know, you go on these trips not only for the sporting experience but um, also for the travel and the cultural experience that you get alongside it. It was the most bizarre experience I think I've ever had and I genuinely don't know how to explain what it was like. First of all, it was (laughs) really, really, really hot. Mm. Like it was... It was 40 degrees these days in Tokyo and the humidity was like 90%. And like, this is a bit of a gross fact, um, but if you want details, I would drink like three 1.5 litre bottles of water a day. Like that wasn't even enough. And I didn't go to toilet because you're sweating so much. Like you just have, you're perspiring all the time because of the humidity that you cannot put enough liquids in your body. So can you imagine then what it was like as an athlete that are actually like competing and sweating? We were just doing that uh, walking around. Like that was, <laughs> so th- So you had the heat to deal with, which was like disgusting. Coupled with the face masks. So you're in face masks for 20 hours of a day, um, which didn't work with all the sweat and makeup and everything else going on underneath. Um, and then the experience of COVID, like, you weren't allowed to, for the first two weeks, and it was only a two-and-a-half-week event, um, you could only take certain paths. Like, if you were walking somewhere, you had to stick to a dedicated path that Mm. had been roped off, so you had no connection with the public at all. You had to jump on dedicated transport, so buses or taxis that were part of the Olympic service. So you had, again, no contact with the public because they just did not um, want to give it to the Japanese locals, and fair enough as well. Mm. Um, Mm. But it was honestly like... It was sort of like being in prison, but you were at the most amazing yeah. event in the world, you know? Like, you, you're at the Olympic Games, but you were so restricted and you couldn't do anything. You had your temperature tested about 30 times a day, and and I failed my temperatures. So, because it's so hot outside, oh, yeah, when you then walk into a venue, you get your temperature done and you're like 10 degrees over, and they start panicking. They're like, <laughs> oh, this person, no, we can't let you in. And so you literally have to wait outside until you cool down because they were just so scared about everything. Um, And we had to do saliva tests every day. So we would wake up, first thing you do in the morning before you brush your teeth is you literally spit or drool into this tube. It It was amazing, but it was so unique. And I'm glad that I got to experience what Tokyo was like, but I really would love to go to an Olympic that was open. Because mm, yeah. um, it full just experience. yeah the full experience you just yeah. we just missed out but in saying that like I was there for the hundred meter final I was on oh. the finish line for the hundred meter final mm, like wow. I, if someone had told me that as a kid I would have been <laughs> yeah, like get out crazy. you're lying yeah. you're lying to me 
I think my first memory of, of the Olympics was watching the 1982 one. I think it's 92, <laughs> yeah. not 82. I was born in 82. You were there with Carl Lewis, um, maybe? Or 1990. <laughs> Whenever it was. That's a good memory, bro. It was Carl, it was Carl Lewis, Ben Johnson. But it was Ben Johnson. And this is before, I was only a kid. 88. And yeah. he was roided to the max. And he looked like he was, he was Hulk, the Hulk. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, and watch this. And then obviously loved Carl Lewis and he obviously lost, but then realised, oh, I know he was cheating. But I remember that. I think it was Seoul, actually. And uh, yes, yeah, the 100 metres is the... You what? never forget, eh? Never forget. Never forget. Yeah. Like the stadium, just the whole lights just crashed in one moment. And it was it went pitch black. And we were just standing there like, whoa. And then like these light, these spotlights started appearing over the 10 athletes on the track. It was like, oh my God, this, like that was pinch me. Seriously, like pinch me moment. But we had so many of those moments. Being there for those moments, yeah, Cr- crazy. Blows my mind that I got to be there. I honestly still can't believe that I get to do this stuff. So you're currently working on Sky's rugby coverage and uh, on radio for SENZ. Is there much of a difference preparing for TV versus radio? Yeah, yeah, it's a big difference. Radio was a big shock to me. Like I've always loved radio because I started off doing um, radio journalism uh, but doing talkback radio for three hours a day is, and you've got no idea what's happening. TV is is very structured. It is very planned. So even though it may seem like things are off the cuff, we know mm. exactly what's happening. If there's if we have a 23-minute build-up or a 25-minute build-up, every single minute is planned and timed to the second because it has to be with TV. Like there is, there's no room to go wrong because the game kicks off at that time, whether you like it or not. So if you're late on something or if you're early when it, before a break kicks off, like you've got a problem. So TV is very regimented and there's just no room. Um, there's no wiggle room at all. Whereas radio is, you got three hours. <laughs> Somehow you have to fill three hours every single day with stuff that's interesting to people. And that's been the hardest thing for me to learn is um, – one, what's interesting to people, like when there's no sport going on and it's like a Wednesday in summer, you know, that is so mm. hard to be able to fill radio airtime. <laughs> like you're laughing, eh? Because you know, you mm. know, it is, know. it's so tricky, but it's the most rewarding thing. Like there's, there's the two moments. There's nothing like when you go live in a radio mic and um, there's breaking news happening and you're just reacting to what's going on really cool feeling and the same thing when like a studio camera or um, you're out in the field on a rugby game and the director is literally counting down coming to you in three two one you just get butterflies in your stomach and you roll with it and it's it's the best feeling ever honestly like that must be what the players feel like when they go out there is the buzz that I get when those mics go live or the cameras go live did I, ask, did I answer your question? That's the feeling we've got now. That's the feeling we have right now, eh, boys? Doing this. Yeah. 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 Oh, and also the challenge of trying to fit, because with our guest is 20 minutes, so our, our segment's 20 minutes, and, like, we struggle to fill 20 minutes. <laughs> no, you don't. I'm sure we, you We need don't. to get someone from Sky <laughs> TV to help out. us out yeah. with the, uh, the regimented yes. timing, because... <laughs> <laughs> it's warriable. You don't need any help. We call it warriable. We just freestyle it, right? <laughs> Back out, love it. Well, speaking of that buzz that you get, um, you know, when that that clock's about to hit and you're about to go on there, um, have you ever been overawed um, when interviewing or working with any legends of sport? Is there anyone in particular that sort of, you know, comes to mind? It's funny you ask this um, because when it comes to sports people, I feel like I'm pretty cool and like I, I keep it really cool. That's what I feel like anyway. Um, yeah. And I work with these guys, right, that um, for a lot of 
guys in New Zealand, they grew up idolizing, you know, like the JKs, the Is Goldies, he? the Aziz. Yeah, like people literally grew up watching these guys and, and awe of them. And I'm like, nah, they're just normal people. But <laughs> the one person that I have been like, holy shit, I'm starstruck, is um, we were at JK's house for um, a breakup party um, a couple of years back and we're sitting at a dinner table and there was um, Sir John Kerwin at the top of the table, Ian Jones, um, who else was on there? I can't remember who else was there, but there was Jeff Wilson and Adine Wilson and she was my idol growing up. But I did not care about these guys as soon as they the table. I was like, Holy, I, for that moment, I was honestly awestruck. Just couldn't speak. This was my hero that I wrote about when I was five years old, like I remember at school, when you're still learning how to do your letters and things. And you have to, we had to write about um, like a person that inspired us. And I wrote about Dean Harper playing for the Southern Sting. Like I wanted to be her. My mum's brought that book back up to me and been like, look. And she's literally sitting over here across the table from me eating dinner. <laughs> She's the she's the only person I swear that I've been like whoa a Dean Wilson and not only was she an amazing netballer um but she's a lawyer as well she's super smart and that family that Wilson household god they're the nicest people in the world awesome that's cool so nice so yeah I've I've talked to bloody Caroline Wozniacki Ian Thorpe literally like athletes from all over the world and she's the person that I was like oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I I wanted to be you. I played Santa because I wanted to be you. You know. Oh, that's amazing! I love that. Yeah, it's embarrassing. I told her, and she was so embarrassed. Oh. I felt bad because she was like, "Oh, now you're showing how old I am." I'm like, "No, you're not getting the point yet. I'm I'm like obsessed with you. Like I've got a problem. I'm a big fan." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. oh, that's awesome. Who's the most famous person you've ever spoken to? Well, I don't know, because, like, I guess when it's our job, um, you don't really, like, realise that they're, like, as big as they are. Do you know what I mean? Like, for other mm. people, they we're, we're so lucky that we get to do what we do, but because we do it every single day, it's not like you take it for granted, but I guess for us, we don't realise. Like, if you were to meet someone, um, you might be like, like Connie Harrell, you know, walking into your house, like, oh my god, Connie's in my house. Yeah, literally, like, whoa, is this happening? Wait, punch me. Got all paparazzi on it. Yep. Exactly. So, like, we get that every single day. So, I honestly, I don't know who the biggest people are. Like, obviously, the Dan Carters and the Richie McCalls of the world, um, and whatnot. But I reckon, I, I think probably Caroline Wozniacki would probably be the biggest person. That's awesome. And she was wow. awesome as well. I only got a couple of minutes with her, but she was she was cool. That I actually oh. it's, it's funny. I haven't met any can I say the word dickhead? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I haven't met <laughs> Go ahead. I haven't met like there's not many people that are dickheads around. Like when you get people one on one, people are all pretty normal, you know, in real life. You may think they're a big deal and they are a big deal and what they've done is amazing, but they're just normal human beings at the end of the day. You don't meet dickheads. You meet some people that um like aren't willing to divulge everything, you know, or have been really well media trained, but no one's an awful person. Yeah, yeah, fair. That I found anyway. Well, that's that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, awesome. Hey, uh, last question for you before you go. Is this the Warriors year? 
Yes. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> key. That's key right? We, it's got Absolutely. to happen sometime. I mean, <laughs> come on, Grand Finals, we're all going. Hell yeah. Yeah. We'll, I reckon. We'll sure. I don't care who we play. If we get there, we're going. Yeah. I wouldn't care who you we know? play. I just hope it's not the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> you hope it's not the who? The Tigers. I'd be happy to play the Tigers in the Grand Final. Yeah. Oh, that would be the one team that I'd be like, yeah, done, yeah. done, we've got the title. Yeah. <laughs> this exactly. is ours, this is ours. I'm going straight to the TAB. I'd be scratching my head wondering yeah. how the hell did the Tigers get to the final? <laughs> like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> the table's flipped on its head. Yeah. I didn't burst of form from yeah. both teams, but uh, nah. yeah. um, I'll be putting money on that one, but okay. 2022, it's our year. It is. It is our year. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for joining us uh, on this episode, Kirsty. Uh, it's been, you know, awesome to get your uh, experiences and, and uh, you know, just, you know, swap Conrad Hurrell stories, you know, for one. Uh, <laughs> I, I like yours better. Yours is better than him chucking notes at the back of someone's head. Definitely entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we, uh, we really appreciate um, your time and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to get you back sometime, you know, when we're surging towards the, uh, the grand final at the, at the end of the year. 100%. And by that stage, you guys are going to be the number one ranked podcast in the country. Oh, At least 134th. Oh, oh, yeah. But, um, Heard it. Yeah, first. One. You'll go you all Chris your... Rock on us. Yeah. <laughs> or, or the Will Smith, either way. Whoa. Whoa. Which one am I then? Chris Rock or Will Smith? Either Will way, Smith. it's good bad news. No. <laughs> mate, you, you, you're Jada Pickett Smith, mate. Oh, yeah. Jada Pickett Smith. Yeah. <laughs> no, awesome. Thanks, Thanks so much, much, guys. It's so awesome what you're doing. Honestly, it's really, really cool. Oh, awesome. Cheers. Thank you so much. Appreciate awesome. it. Thanks, Kirsty. No, thank cheers, Kirsty. Thank you. There we go. Kirsty Stanway, what an absolute champ, giving us some mean stories <laughs> about the old Warriors Juniors team. Man, that was, uh, that was some really cool stuff. Um, let's have a look forward to this coming week because we are taking on the Broncos, the Brisbane Broncos. We're playing at our adopted home in Redcliffe there. Um, and, yeah, so it's going to be an interesting game. Um, the Broncos got touched up a bit by the Cowboys on the weekend just gone. So, uh, Moneta, do you think that it's a good thing for them to have been absolutely pummeled <laughs> or are they going to come out firing at us next week? My gut is telling me they're going to come out firing and we'll be one of those teams to get them back into confidence. But my heart is saying that the Warriors will take this out. But um, we all know there's a couple of things they need to fix up uh, leading out to the game. Uh, it's those basic errors again that are coming into play. And so um, if you can just fix them up, we'll be all good to go. But, um, yeah, I'm still nervous, mm. not going to lie. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Isaac, what are, those, uh, what are the keys to us uh, being victorious this week, bro? What do we need to sort out? I think the magic number is at least 80. It's got to be an 80% completion rate. The Warriors' ball handling and security has been poor, um, arguably for all of the games. And we're not going to get into into a a winning sort of streak if we're not controlling the ball. And a lot of teams that lost over the weekend had poor ball ball control. Um, It's a pretty simple game. Warriors just need to hold on to the pill. Mm. It could be quite a hot one up there in um, in old Redcliffe as well. So, um, you know, maybe it could be potentially sort of conditions like what we had against the Gold Coast Titans. But, um, Daniel, what are you expecting and what are you hoping for, bro? Um, yeah, I think a couple of things areas that we need to t- improve on. Um, for some reason, 
we seem to have Lodge and, and AFB sort of drifting out a bit wider, trying to play, trying to be some ball players in in the back line, and but that led to some costly errors. And I think we actually lost the middle last week. So just just get the boys going forward as well. So you know, get them rolling forward, and then um, I just want to see a little bit more shape and a bit more width as well. So rather than t- hacking in the middle of the field, play to the side. And then uh, you know, come come back the left or come back the right. Um, get Reese that ball out wide. Um, he scares people, so I want to mm. see a bit of that. And that middle battle is going to be the key test when you've got the biggest Filipino on the planet, Payne Haas. Um, <laughs> I can't believe he's he's Filipino. Wow, I can't believe it. Is, is he just is he just one Filipino? Yeah, he's he's like the Voltron of Filipinos. He's like five Filipinos put into one. I've never seen anything like it. Good lord! But it's you know, a huge the forward pitch. battle, <laughs> that forward battle is going to be tough because they have got a pretty good forward pack. You know, Carrigan, Palacia. I don't think Jordan Ricky's going to be playing, but Payne Haas. You know, what a monster! Plus, they got towed towed up by the Cowboys, mm. they so they'll owned. be smart. So, yeah. They will be smart. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And Adam Reynolds had an off game too, so he'll be looking to rebound pretty strong. Um, so the Warriors have got their hands full this week. Mm, yeah, for sure. Uh, let's do a quick around the room. Hard or nah, are we going to beat the Broncos? Daniel. Uh, hard and fuck you, Greg Dyer. We're always going to beat your Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our Broncos fans out there on Warriors Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to you, Isaac. Hard on will we win? Uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was like a sigh or clearing your throat. Or <laughs> I thought you were burping at the same time. <laughs> that was just me having a nice long vape before I gave you my answer, probably. Um, and Monita, hard on bro, what do you think? Hard, mate. Hard. We'll beat them. We'll be all nervous, but hard. Oh, this, is a, this is a really confident room. I like this. Uh, of course, we're going to be going up against uh, my favourite Bronco, uh, Patrick Carrigan, who is a fantasy point scoring <laughs> machine. Um, <sighs> so happened to have him on my team, so I'm very happy to have him, but I hope he, hopefully he doesn't get the result for them. Also, uh, we're going to put up a bit of uh, an update on the Warriors Anonymous Facebook page about the uh, how the fantasy stuff is going. Because, oh boy. It's heating up, and this week it's getting personal because we've got head-to-head battle between Mr. Daniel Farakura and Mr. Isaac Soss. So, oh, fellas, are you uh, you boys excited? I'm ringing the changes. I'm should ringing hard, the changes. Hard, hard or not, nah, who's going to win the fantasy Ooh. between Dan and uh, Isaac? That should be your hard or not. Nah. Will Smith and Chris Rock. Will Smith versus Chris Rock. Who's who? Well, yeah. I think I'll probably be Will Smith because based on my, um, my current showing, yeah, I'm. I'm not looking great, and also based on, <laughs> based on, it looks like Jada. Wouldn't that make you the Chris Rock? Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think Chris Rock came out on top, so Chris Rock can take the hits, though. Mm-hmm. Eh? Yeah, you know? yeah. But, uh, he can take the hits. And also, um, yeah, uh, also a good shout out to um, Tane Henry, uh, Warriors Anonymous member, who suggested we put Will Smith out in the centres for the Warriors. It's <laughs> a good call. <laughs> He'd have some fun. Add a bit of starch in that defence, anyway. So, um, boys, we better bounce on out of here. Uh, we'll catch you, uh, fellas, next week. Goodbye to you, Monita Sauce. See you later. <laughs> Chowing down <laughs> on that protein that. yogurt. <laughs> yeah. And Mr. Vape himself, Mr. Isaac Sauce. Later, bro. Oh, see you later, boys. That was uh, good fun tonight. 
Sure was. And you, Daniel Farakura. Mate wa. See you, people. Um, have a good weekend coming up. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. My name is Jerry Cronin. This has been Warriors Anonymous. We'll catch you next week. Go the Warriors! <laughs> what did the fuck? Go, 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 go